As many of you know, we've been working on a book for the last two years. It is finally done. We hope you enjoy it. Go to www.uncommonwealth.com and click on resources. And underneath the resources tab, it'll be a book where you can buy your own. We hope you enjoy it and hope it helps you get down your uncommon path yourself. Thanks. Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your favorite show, my favorite show, Brian's favorite show, The Uncommon Life Project. Come on. Well, I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we got a guest. We got a bio. We're going to jump right into it. Um, I'm excited. Let's go. Rick Cordero, who is he? Why is he here? And what's he going to teach us? Let's All go. right. Rick has a dedicated career to the IDI market, which you will learn about what that means here very shortly, for close to 40 years. He's also kind of a mentor to Philip and works at Principal Financial Group here in Des Moines, Iowa. So welcome to the show, Rick Cordero. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much. This is Rick's first podcast. Am I right, Rick? Absolutely. And he's got a nice microphone. He sounds amazing. He's ready to teach us. I'm just going to say the first thing first. Disability insurance is like what Rick is passionate about. And I'm going to throw a plug in. So I started at Principal Financial Group, uh, lasted three and a half months. Uh, But Rick sought me out early on. He was like, hey, Philip, you're going to make it in this industry. I would love to like mentor you through this because it's just a tough industry. And he's like, I'd love to be able to uh, work through some of these things with you and help you kind of advance your career. And he's done that. He's always been there and he's been a trusted friend and mentor in my life. And so thank you for uh, believing in me because there's not a lot of people that actually make it in this industry. So uh, I was telling Brian the other day when we were going to have you on, like, it's fun to have you on and kind of edify, like you saw something in me that I don't know if you saw in a lot of people. And so it's fun to be here nine years later. Well, actually, what, what you said, it was three and a half months. They, they told me I'd get a bonus if I can keep you three months. Yeah. <laughs> I said, shit, man, we got, oh, excuse me, we got to keep this guy around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he made that cutoff barely. Yeah, really. So let's talk about disability insurance and how you got to where you're at at principal. You can go back as far as uh, you came out of your mother's womb and whatever you want to start talking about, we want to hear it. We want to hear your story. Well, um, I was actually, when I, when I, I I grew up in my family, you either wanted to be a uh, priest, a teacher, uh, one of those two things. Those are the two choices in our family. And um, I was the youngest of, of six and um, I said I wanted to be a salesperson. I wanted to be in sales. Why? Because uh, everybody that I knew in sales, I grew up on the south side of Des Moines. They all had really nice Cadillacs, mm. and they had their golf clubs in their trunk. And, um, you know, which which is, I'm thinking, these guys golf a lot. They're driving really nice cars. So I said, that that's what I want to do. So um, I actually started selling when I was 19, and I was in the real estate business for almost five years. And um, <clears throat> for any of your people on the podcast, remember 1981 
the interest rates were, you know, like 18 percent. Yeah, they were <laughs> yes. a little bit different. And so uh, I couldn't sell a thing if I wanted to. And the funny thing was, as I, um, for whatever reason, I went went out and 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 uh, was buying more life insurance. I mean, I don't I don't know what that meant, but uh, you know, maybe I had plans. But uh, I, I, and and the guy who sold me the life insurance said, "Hey, you you know, you'd be really good at this business." So in two weeks later, I'm I'm in the I'm in the insurance business. Wow, and wow. Uh, the funny thing is, I I started selling. Uh, you know, this is back when we had no computers. Uh, everything was rate books, and you had to calculate the benefits and everything by hand. And I would, um, I sold a lot of disability income insurance at the time, and and a lot of people would say, "Hey, you you know, why are you doing that?" And I said, "Because you're not." And uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, so I, I I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to do this." And uh, so I came, I became kind of that guy, you know, that uh, when anybody mentioned disability, they came to me and said, "What do you, what what's these people talking about?" So I did that and, and, uh, I did rather well. And then eventually I did, I did, uh, somebody talked me into going to management, which was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. And so I, yeah, after that, I, I left management and then I started uh, working in distribution on the other end of the disability market. And, you know, as opposed to being an agent, being an individual who, uh, promoted product to, through the brokerage community. And um, my first brokerage job was with Paul Revere, uh, a company out of uh, Massachusetts, and ter- terrific company. And then I, um, um, they got bought out by a company, Provident. And then I, uh, I, I went on to uh, to the Guardian, a big company out of New York, and right. uh, and we, I worked five years for them. And then Principal had called me about twenty three years ago. Uh, Larry Relitz first uh, contacted sure. me, and and. Uh, Brian Lauber and and they started telling me about this concept of of you know doing more distribution with their product. They predominantly did most of their disability with their career distribution model, and it it pretty much was you know uh, proprietary. They would said they would really want to do a different job on this, and uh, so I said sure. I, I you know I closed my eyes and said why not. And so where we are today is I manage the distribution within five states for principal and um, got a great team that I work with. And um, not only am I passionate about it, I, I, uh, I eat, sleep and drink it every day. If you were to, you know, my wife, you know, she goes, you know, she always tells me, you know, I'm just going to talk about disability income about, you know, with you instead of the kids, <laughs> because you don't want to talk about anything else. And uh, so I said, fine, that's, that, that's good. You know, uh, but here I am, um, you know, I've had a great career and um, I truly love working with the principal. They're, they're really a forward thinking company and, and uh, they have given me enough rope to hang myself a few times, but uh, it's been a great relationship and I've, I've loved it. And I, I, I've, I've, I've all along the way, I have uh, acquired a lot of great friends and that's the neat thing. That's so cool. that's where I am now, today. I want to just talk about it real quick. <laughs> so salesman, mm-hmm. you know, you're a good salesman. If you say, Hey, do you want to buy that house? Let's put it on a credit card. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no kidding. That's right. That's, Holy cow. You yeah. found your niche. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to take a quick step back. Tell us what disability insurance is. Some of our listeners may not even know what that is. So let's well, start you there. Know, that, that's a good question. And, and why we call it disability income insurance, I'll never know why. Um, because uh, it, it brings on a, a negative connotation, you know, just like life insurance Amen. really is death insurance. I mean, you got to die to get it. Right. And, uh, but, but with uh, disability income, we, I, we prefer to call it income replacement. And, and fundamentally what it Good. says is if I can't work, 
and I'm under the care of a doctor as a result of a sickness or injury, then I'm going to be, um, you know, given money to provide for my family's well-being, you know, whether it's my, and it really don't, we don't care where they spend their money, but it pay their house payment, car payment, their medical, uh, medical insurance premiums, mm -hmm. um, you know, continue to pay their kids college education. I mean, you know, whatever that money, that stream of income, imagine tomorrow, if I were to tell you, you know, that, Hey, um, you know, Hey, Brian, you're not going to work. You're not going to be able to go to work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and on average, it's going to be, uh, probably 31 months. That's what an average duration of a claim would last. So are you prepared to take 31 months off without pay? Right. Right. And, um, you know, without a paycheck. I mean, this is paycheck protection. And, and when you think of the odds of this, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I you know, the, everybody buys life insurance. Obviously we own homeowners insurance. We have car insurance, right? We have all these, these insurance products to transfer the risk of something happening to it. But, but when you look at the number, let's just think about the numbers. Um, the likelihood of a person dying before they reach age 65 is one in 106, okay? And, and the likelihood of a home catching fire is one in 88. And then, then you have the likelihood of being involved in an auto accident is one in 70. But the likelihood of becoming sick or hurt prior to age 65 today for, the working, for a working individual is one in seven. Wow. So when you when you think in terms of the odds, now the you know I'm not making these up as most salesmen may, may think we do, but this is the, you know this is from the Society of Actuaries and and the National Safety Council. These are, are pretty legit numbers. Right. And when you think of the risk that we face every day, um, you know everything we're going to have in the future, you know whether whether I want to own a business, whether I want to retire comfortably, whether I want to send my children to school, whether I want to save for a uh, a vacation. Um, wh whatever I want to do in the future you is dependent cash. on my ability to get up every day yeah. and go to work. Okay. Right. Because everything it's I'm going to have in the asset. future yeah, is, right. is going to be dependent on my ability to earn a paycheck. And you yeah. take that out of the equation, then we got some problems. Mm. I heard when I got into this business and I kind of came up in the guardian before going yeah. independent. But it was, yeah, well, they had that conversation of like, you're more likely to have a health incident, you know, if you rank the insurances in the order of like what the probability that something's going to happen, you know, and taking kind of property and casualty out of it. But, um, you know, health insurance is kind of the first, like something's going to happen to your health before now in 65. Right. And then second was disability. And then third was uh, life insurance. And and then I think fourth is long-term care or something like that. Right. So, um when you look at it that way, I think there's a lot of, you know, impetus or importance put on the life insurance component, but it's actually statistically less likely right. uh, than the disability event. Well, talk about, yeah, can we talk I mean, about that or do you want anything? I want to that? say this because in our philosophy, our number one thing we like to tell people is that they are their best asset. <laughs> like no one's going to put more money in their pocket than themselves. Now, if you, <laughs> if you get sick or something's going on, like you're now in Hembrit. Like it's one of those things. Like if something were to happen to your cash flow, things like you were talking about, Rick, go away pretty quickly. And so disability 
to ensure that it's one of those things. Once like once something happens, you want more of it. <laughs> right. And and this is one of those things that can help you protect you, which is your best asset, right? Well, true. And when you take a look at, at income, one of the problems I, I think advisors should, you know, look at is taking future earnings and capitalizing it and and creating and, and really calling it uh, um, an asset, putting on their balance statement. You know, when you compare assets, let's say you got a, you may have a car worth thirty six thousand. You're going to insure that. You may have a home worth three hundred thousand. You're going to insure that. Mm. But you have future earnings for a thir- let's take a thirty five year old who's who's making seventy five thousand a year. You know, that's just under five million dollars. Millions. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you take a look at what 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 do I really want to protect? Um, that that creates the car, the home, everything else like this. Um, you know, you would think income would be important. I do. Right. Right. You know, when you see the different legislative things happening, you know, not to get political, but the whole, you know, let's raise the minimum wage to $15. And you're seeing a lot of these other things happen legislatively as it relates to employment. You know, it's really forcing a lot of business owners to do contract work. And then when you look at the lifestyle, the younger generation, they want freedom. They want to work out of a RV. You know, they want to travel. You know, we kind of say the new employee benefit is time and flexibility. Mm -hmm. That puts, you know, and you look at the that generation is changing jobs quite a bit. It puts a lot of that pressure, you know, on income and protecting that income back to the individual where I think largely over the last 30 years, maybe the employers sheltered some of that risk, mm-hmm. you know, or made a group product available. Can you kind of talk about, you know, just the landscape of of the marketplace that you're seeing and and how to ensure that risk through your employer and then vice versa, ensuring that risk on your own? Yeah. Great. You question. know, there, there's a number of ways to protect your income. And fundamentally in our marketplace, um, you have you have uh, three different core areas that people, you know, rely on. Number one. Um, a lot of people have a lot of a lot of um, trust and faith in the social security uh, you know aspect of this. However, there's a problem with that. The, 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 the fundamental problem with social security is that the vast majority of those claims initially will be denied. Okay. And and I'm not, I don't want to badmouth social security. It's a terrific uh, vehicle and tool for people, in particular in the right retirement arena. Mm-hmm. But the disability income, the the fundamental problem with that is, and, and they will tell you, it's kind of it's yeah yeah. You guys ever hear the story about you know uh, there's two fundamental problems with going to Disney World. Number one, it's it costs so much and it's so crowded. Okay, mm-hmm. well that's an oxymoron. You, I mean, it doesn't cost too much because it's crowded. People are going. Okay, mm-hmm. the same thing can be said for for Social Security disability. People are becoming sick or hurt. At, at a rapid pace, okay, and a lot of people are filing for Social Security, and they're being denied benefits in the in the in the in the most part. The fundamental problem is, it's not that they're not becoming sick or hurt. It's not that they don't qualify for it. There's two problems. Number one, there's no money, okay, and um, there's not enough people to manage that uh, that you know the onslaught Benefit. of people becoming disabled. So what right. does that tell you? Then, then you can't really avoid it. But the problem is this is something you really don't want to rely on. There's really no guarantees with that. The other thing is if you're an employer or if you have a, a small employer group or, or if you, you work for an employer, many times that employer will offer you a benefit 
and it's called group long-term disability income. It's, 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 a, it's considered a wage agreement, a wage continuation agreement. Fundamentally, it says if you become sick or hurt, we're going to continue a portion of your income uh, based on the terms and conditions of this policy that you can help you know, support your family. Now, that is good. There's a good side and a bad side. Number one, you're going to get in, it's going to cover you, and you're going to get a benefit that may or may not cost you anything, most generally doesn't. The bad side of it is that it it um, when you receive the money, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Mm. So many cases, these plans are designed with a a sixty percent replacement. Now, I am not a I'm not a brain surgeon or a rocket surgery. I don't do rocket surgery, but I will tell you this: you go from one hundred percent of your income to sixty percent of your income. Okay. And both of those being taxed, your net take home pay is going to be significantly less than it was before. Then you add on to that. A lot of people don't understand the consequence of becoming sick or hurt with a group plan. Number one, you're going to get a, a level of income that's far less than what you had, but you also have to pay for your health insurance. You see in the state of Iowa, after a certain number of re- weeks, the employer is, is allowed to terminate their employment agreement, Okay, which means now there's two things that happen. Number Well, three things. Number one, I lost my income or it's been greatly reduced. My health insurance premium now for me and my family becomes my burden. Okay. Right. And number three, my retirement plan, typically my 401k or any type of qualified plan is frozen in time. Okay. So a lot of people don't understand the consequence. Now, the biggest thing in dealing with people who um, are business owners, maybe high income earners, because of the inherent caps on these benefits, where they where they limit the amount of benefit that you can get, and most generally we see like a six thousand dollar monthly benefit. So you have an individual making, you know, twenty thousand dollars a month. They're not getting sixty percent of their income back. They're getting thirty percent of their income covered, which a lot of times I would say ninety percent of the times when I'm when I'm meeting with through my brokers, and they're visiting with their their executives, they have no clue. Okay. Why? Because we all understand health insurance because that represents 90% of employee benefit cost. The other 5% is coming from the retirement plan. This is like uh, you ever gone to McDonald's and, and they say, would you like fries with that order? Oh yeah. Throw some disability in on that. You know what I mean? Right. So there, you know, when you look at the time element involved and the consequences of it, they say, well, hey, we got a disability policy. Well, yeah, you do, but you don't. Okay. And this is really, people need, really need the, the, an advisor to help them do that. The importance of the advisor is, is paramount. Okay. Um, because it's people like you that really have people question this, what's going to happen. Let's find out today. What would happen if you became sick or hurt? It's, it's like a person says, well, well, I don't know how much life insurance I have. And I said, well, good. Um, here's the deal. We can find out one of two ways. We can look at it and see how much you have today. Or, you or we're die. just going to wait till you die and see <laughs> how many people just curse your name and and just you you find out how, who your friends are and who your friends are not. Okay. So now's the time to find out and, and do that analysis of what's going to happen if you became sick or hurt today. Okay. What pitfalls do people, like we usually like to give people pearls or nuggets, whatever you want to go with, uh, yeah. of they can look at their policy if they have one now, or even the benefit that their employer gives them. What are some pitfalls that you see in the industry that like people fall into? They either buy something that really isn't going to protect them. Talk about those things uh, for our audience. Well, the, the, the you know the fundamentally the, the biggest pitfall I see is you you don't buy 
uh, an individual buys a product that is not appropriate to them mm. and to their occupation and what they do. Okay. Now, if you if you could take the industry here, let me, let me first of all say that the industry is is alive and well. When I started in the business, there were over four hundred companies manufacturing disability income products. Today, there's about twenty six. Okay, mm. and of the twenty six that are remaining, there's not a bad one in the house. Okay. Mm. I will say that much. We, we have an industry that is very unique in that we're very close knit. I know most of my competitors very well. Um, I know one time I had uh, I had a, a group of them over at my house, and my wife, my wife, by the way, is the best Italian cook in the world. And I'm full, <laughs> I'm full blooded Italian, and she's full blooded Italian, and and I don't have to go far to get the best Italian food ever. Okay, so I'm 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 uh, we had them over, and uh, they're all sitting at our dinner table. And she's overhearing the conversation. And, and after they leave, she goes, you know, none of these are your brokers. What, what, what is the deal here? She goes, did I just, what, what, what was the deal? I said, well, yeah, they all compete with me. And she goes, well, why are we feeding them? You know what I mean? <laughs> did you want me to put arsenic in the food? I said, no, these are my friends. And, you know, actually, we we all have, have the same goal in mind as, as a, you know, to treat, bring awareness to this industry and to the product and how important it is. But um, but that being said, you know, when you look at the industry, there's two fundamental contracts or two approaches to income replacement. One is dealing with time and duty and the other is dealing with income. Time and duty would be a product that is for a person who has a high degree of manual duties, a laborer, um, you know, these type of individuals. The, the loss of earnings individuals are the individuals who uh, typically are, you know, the CPAs, attorneys. Um, Surgeons. You know, the, the doctors, the physicians, right. that their incomes derive from their ability to get up every day and do something, okay? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the time of duty, they're punching a time clock and it's based on time. Now, that being said, I, 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 instead of saying blue collar, white collar, I, I've come up with a phrase and I say, well, where does your, when did your customer take a shower? Okay. Do they take a shower before they go to work That's great. or when they get home from work? And, and that, once they answer that question, then I could say, you know, this product may be appropriate, this one more appropriate for them, okay? But fundamentally, the products are, there's really not a lot of difference. Um, what I think, though, the, the most important element of, of this purchase is going to be that advisor, okay? Mm -hmm. And I, th I, I always go back to the advisor. They are the ones that are, that are that are most important in what they do, okay? And Phil, you know this, I, I have not been my own advisor. I, I, you know, I did not even sell myself my disability income policy. I did not sell myself life insurance. I, I earned, learned, learned early on that I'm going to be my worst customer, okay? Well, I'm cheap, number one, and, and I just didn't want to. So I, what I did is I hired an advisor and said, listen, I, you keep all the commission, you do it, but do the right thing for me and my family. And if I become sick or hurt, I want you making that phone call to my wife and telling her everything's going to be okay. If I die, I want you calling her and telling her everything's going to be okay. And that's what I, the, 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 that advisor is key in this, in this whole equation. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is, you know, uh, you know, find that advisor who is well-bred, well, has a good understanding of the product and, and the need of the customer. That's good. That's good. Let's talk about the duck. We all hear Aflac, the marketing. <laughs> How does that fit into all this? I love and like the, the short-term disability. I love the duck. Let's yeah. talk about hey, it. If, if you were, you know, if we were doing this at my office at home, I have a, a huge duck head sitting it behind me 
And that duck, it's actually a cover for my golf clubs, but it's a, <laughs> it's a big duck head, right? And it's the Aflac duck. And I will tell you this, I love the duck because, <laughs> um, <laughs> because the duck has brought awareness. I mean, he's doing all the advertising right. for people to become aware of, of, of income, you know, Hey, something bad's going to happen if you become sick or hurt. Right. right. Um, but we don't, we don't compete with the duck, right? It's a different we market. We're not in that same space. They are a named peril type of cancer, heart disease, you know, broken foot, broken leg, you know, type of thing. You get a check, you know, I, people, you know, people go, well, what should I buy Aflac? I said, well, if you get cancer, you want a bonus check? Well, sure. Get a bonus check. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I say, if you get cancer and you can't go to work, how about a paycheck? All right. And this is what we do. We, we cover that paycheck, that long-term paycheck. Right. And I, I love, like I say, the Aflac, I love it. It, and, and actually some of my better brokers are, are affiliated with that, with, with Aflac. And yeah. uh, like I said, if, if I were home, you would see this big duck sitting behind me. And, well, uh, I'm a big fan of the duck, but, well, it, but I bring it again, up. It's because... not, we're not talking about the same thing. Right. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to kind of cover is it is, it's a different coverage and I think it is confusing for a lot of people. They're seeing these things marketed on TV. Right. You know, I spent in in my consulting days. I spent a lot of time at Geico Insurance, and so you know sure. the Gecko brought a lot of awareness to property and casualty insurance. Sure. And kind of the same thing with the duck. But um, you know, I think people are looking for like, how do I fit all this together and actually still retain a portion of my paycheck? But when something goes wrong, that I have the proper coverages in place, and I kind of hear you saying that's. You know, obviously our role is the advisor, but uh, well, yeah, I think it it's is. also it, the industry coming together to to put products together that can fit and complement each other too. Right. And, and a lot of things, you know, when you took of those incidental, you know, they're not incidental, but I mean, these, these accidents and type of things, um, you know, a lot of that can, you know, the cover your deductible, that should be, you know, that should be fundamental planning with an advisor, right? Mm-hmm. But there's one thing you can't really cover is that long-term income loss, you know, with 20, right. you know, it's estimated about 28% of the people who do become sick or hurt um, today are, it's going to be a career ending disability. I mean, they'll, they'll never, wow. never go back to work. That's a big number. Okay. Right. And so that's something that the, the duck is not going to be able to, there's no quack in that deal. They're not going to do <laughs> it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Let's talk about owner occupation, like your own occupation. Why is that important? And talk through like the specifics with that. Well, you know, that that's that's been a battle we've had for 40 years since I've been in the business. It's not really a battle, but it's it's something that's interesting is that definition of disability. Okay. And and uh, you have three you have three fundamental levels of 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 definitions. Let's go to the lower one, which would be, hey, if you can't do your occupation, we're gonna pay you a benefit, but after two years, it's going to be it's going to go to an any occupation definition, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, if your doctor tells us you can do any occupation based on your education, training, and experience, um, you got two choices, either stop getting a benefit from us or go to work. So they're compelled to go back to work. Okay. Uh, the other one is, is what we call a modified own occupation definition it says, Hey, listen, we'll cover you in your occupation. And if your doctor's t- doctor tells us you cannot do that, we will go ahead and pay you the benefit for as long as you have the policy. However, um, if you choose to go back to work, then we're going to stop paying you. And it would be more of your, the customer's choice. Okay. The third says, Hey, if I can't do my occupation, I want to be covered basically specifically in that occupation. And if I go into another occupation, regardless of what it may be, I want to be able to collect from both. Okay. 
So when, when you look at the numbers and you look at what's appropriate for the customer, um, a lot of people, you know, let's take the best scenario that would more, uh, more or less apply to an individual who has a postgraduate degree, mm-hmm. um, who has a highly specialized, maybe board certified surgeon. Okay. Or, or this type of thing where it's a very, very defined. And when, when we talked about these indi- individuals who go to work every day and, and, and not, they're not getting paid by the hour, they're getting paid, paid by what they do. You know, these people code, these these functions you know for insurance and what have you with a certain code and when you look at that code and that represents that that particular function of their occupation represents 70 percent of their income that would be that you know whatever that occupation or, or duty was would be an ideal situation to cover but then you get people who are maybe an executive or a business owner and they do everything you know, they, they, they do hiring, firing, bookkeeping, sales, you know, inventory, taking um, out the trash, taking out the trash, that definition would never apply. I mean, for mm-hmm. them, let me go back to the first case scenario uh, of those true own occupation definitions, less than 2% of those claims are ever, ever paid based on that definition, because it's a very, very hard to do. Let me tell you if I, you know, and, and it was funny, I, I, I had a visit today with a, with an individual who's an eye surgeon. Okay, mm-hmm. this morning, and we had this conversation, and and I said, well, listen, how how quickly do you want to get out of the eye surgery business? And he goes, never. I mean, he goes, I took me eight to nine years to get here through my <laughs> medical school, my my residency and internship, along with a a a bill of you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. No, I'm I'm my this is my lifestyle. This is where I want to be. And, and, uh, so I said, well, you pretty much do anything to be in that, even if you could only do one surgery a week, as opposed to 10 that you do now, he goes, absolutely. And there you go. I mean, it would, it would take, it would be very difficult for an individual who would knowingly get out of their, their profession. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that one eye surgery, he can make more money there than he could do 40 hours of consultation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just all common sense. So, but it does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't. But uh, it really depends on the individual, and they got to, you know, does is it appropriate? Does it make sense? Yeah, is there a fourth level, like you know, when you hear these like celebrities, like I think David Beckham insured his right leg, you know, when he's playing soccer and making a hundred million dollars, like is that kind of the next level beyond disability when you get really specific? Yeah, and and that would be that would be something that is is covered um, by by a company that is in the non-domestic market. You know, the non the domestic market would be your principals, the mass mutuals, you know, the standard guardian, mm-hmm. you know, these type of carriers that are domiciled in the U.S. Those type of, of risk are covered by um, a company called Lloyd's of London. And Lloyd's of London is a a uh, is a company that, you know, they go back to the shipping days. OK, they're right. very old. They've been around a lot. And they basically it's kind of like a it's like going going to a um, a betting house. Okay, Mm. literally, where you have individuals who will be willing to put up money, okay, or um, take on a risk uh, based on a certain, you know, condition. It could be um, a a professional athlete. It could be a singer. It could be, uh, you know, Liberace, you know, covering his fingers. You know what I mean? And what they do is they just tally up, you know, who wants to share the risk. And the term underwriter 
You've heard that term before, right? Right. Uh, that term underwrite. Well, let me let me go back. The Lloyd's of London was called Lloyd's Coffee House in the early days, and mm-hmm. that's where they where they got together and they had all these individuals who had desks, and uh, these desks would um, would contain certain syndicates that would would say, okay, I'll, I'll be a part of that risk. You know, I'll take on a part of that risk. So if that ship goes down or that whatever, I'm I'm willing to give X amount of you know dollars to cover that loss. And so they would write their name under the risk. They would sign their name under the risk, hence underwriter, the term oh, underwriter. Wow. And so as as Lloyd's of Lloyd's of uh, the Lloyd's Coffee House evolved, that became Lloyd's of London. And um obviously it's a it's a global company dealing with all kinds of peril. Okay. Wow. And they are they don't sell insurance. They what they do is they sell you know, they they basically sell risk. And within the United States, within the domestic market, they have what's called cover holders, okay? And some of the more popular one that I, most popular one that I work with is Peterson International, and they're out of uh, California. And every state has to approve them being in the business. And Iowa just probably five years ago finally approved them to be in the state of Iowa as an excess carrier, meaning whatever the domestic market can't do, they can do above it. Okay. And so that's another level of, of protection. And that's and so really cool. what they, you know, what are their limits? Whatever you're willing to pay in premium. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> <If you're>, yeah, <laughs> they're I mean, able to quantify it to take your money. It, yeah, exactly. They're they're just uh, you know, there's not a risk they haven't seen that they couldn't charge enough for. And right. uh wow. you know, and um they, they don't call it that. they have uh, they have a life uh, uh, they have a policy that looks like a life insurance policy but they cannot call it a life insurance policy and so what they call it is failure to live policy <laughs> so, so you fail to live and so you know that's how they do it and, and it's pretty cool you know what i mean but, yeah. but they're great and, and and these people are good friends of mine I've, I've come to know them over the years and uh yeah we you know there's just it, there's nothing they can say no to Okay. Whether that's it's a medical awesome. condition or whatever, they're just, there's always the right premium that somebody right. would need to cover a risk. Well, I want to pivot. Can, go ahead. Phil. Yeah, no, go for it, man. Go. Well, I want to pivot just a little bit because it's on that vein though, is, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand the insurance world. It's kind of like this behind the scenes opaque, but it's one of, I think the most important industries in our country and has allowed us to have such economic expansion because we have had a robust insurance market to offset risk. And with that, though, each carrier is different. And they're looking for kind of that um, type of business or risks they're willing to underwrite and get comfortable with. Can you kind of talk about that within kind of the disability world? It, It sounds like it's a pretty tight knit group, but there's carriers that are looking for you know, maybe the shower before you go to work. And then there's carriers that want to, you know, ensure the shower after you go to work. Yeah. Can you kind of share on that? Oh, absolutely. A, a, a lot of times, you know, if the carriers in, in simply in the disability income product arena, there's not a lot of them, but um, if there are, you know, they, they have a, a particular way that they manufacture their product to uh, attract certain type of customers. Okay. And, um, and, and those type of things, they're, they're either going to be in that blue collar market or the white collar, you know, before or after shower. Fundamentally, though, what you find is um, in today, it, 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 it's an interesting that it's not so much about the product. A lot of it's about the distribution. OK, how do we distribute our product? Do we simply do it with our uh, proprietary distribution? That would be like your Northwestern Mutual. Or do they offer it to 
anybody who wants to sell our product through various different channels. That could be through a, a brokerage general agencies. It could be through IMOs. It could be through wirehouses. It could be through a banking um, network. There's a lot of different ways. Um, so that fundamentally is is the most popular. Okay, there's very few companies that just keep it keep it to themselves. I mean, there's a couple, but there's there's the, the rest of it. You know, they they spread it wide wide and clear. They want to they broaden that net way out there. Okay. Sure. Um, you really don't, you really don't see, um, you know, within the marketplace, most of the advisors that are, that are doing this understand the market enough to know who to call on when they need a particular solution. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now it goes beyond that. Um, I could, I could speak to principal principal is a company that for decades has been focused on that small to medium sized business. Okay. So knowing that, we want to be able to manufacture solutions that are consistent with our message. Okay. And our message has always been uh, that small to medium sized business and all the perils that small business owners face. So we not only have that individual disability, if you become disabled, we're going to cover your home paycheck. We have overhead expense policies. We have disability buyout policies. We have key person policies. We have loan protection policies. So if you have a long-term loan, we'll protect that. We have retirement products that if you can't if you can't work anymore and you lose your retirement plan will help and fund the balance of that through the, re the rest of your working years and then we offer various different discounts and underwriting programs in particular ours are focused on that small to medium-sized business you know up to 200 300 employees and so that's our focus and that's where we that's our you know that's what we're really good at okay and so that's that's where our focus has been but a lot of times it, it depends on you know uh, the company and how how widespread they want to be. For principal, we we are the only company that does manufacture every product in the marketplace today. Every solution. Where gotcha. if you went to another company, you or you know you'd have to get maybe get a couple products from one company, then you have to go to another company to get another couple products. So so we're, we're fortunate to that to say that we 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 see our our customers as predominantly professionals and small business owners. So our product is catered, catered toward that. Our underwriting is catered toward that, especially in today's world where you have a lot of, you know, non-traditional employers, non-traditional people out there, you know, the entrepreneurs um, that, that, that I think are very important. And we're seeing a lot more of those people, you know, we've got products and we got services that are product appropriate for them and we're able to underwrite them successfully. Right. So, yeah, it was interesting. We had a guy like that say a little bit hybrid, you know, entrepreneur and in a day job. And we did a call with you and you did a great job just asking questions, understanding his, you know, professional career, his income, you know, so that the underwriting process would be accurate and right. tailored. And I just I really appreciated that because, you know, there are so many different, you know, people out there making money in different ways. And um, you really took the time to kind of make sure the the fit was right up front and then the cost expectations were, you know, were aligned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I come with the attitude. Expect. I'd rather, I'd rather um, irritate you now than later. <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I mean? It, and I've always, you know, I, it's a Columbo approach. I keep on asking, I ask a lot of questions. And, and the reason I do that is because, you know, when we, when we put together a proposal or an illustration for an individual, we want to feel 99% sure that we could fulfill on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's situations that come up, you know, oh, Hey, I forgot about the open heart surgery I had last week or something like that, you know, which we were going to like, what, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, you know, things like that, but, but, you know, it, 
the disability can be complicated. So my role is to, is to make it really easy for an advisor to have that conversation with their customer. Right. I mean, I think honestly, like, let's be honest, Rick Cordero was probably the best thing that happened to me at principal. Um, but also like disability principal does a great job in disability. And like, that's one thing that I'd be confident. And we have in the past sold that to our clients and we're really confident. That's why we wanted to have Rick on the show. Um, I think kind of just wrapping up, where are you headed? How can we help you? How can our listeners hear more about you, uh, get in contact with you if you need to? Obviously, they can call us. We can I, call I want you. that Italian dinner. Is what I, I want, want the Italian dinner. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then I want to know, it's do you stuff. shower before or after work? Or I, do shower, you I shower all the time, man. I'm always in the shower. <laughs> it's just dirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, but, uh, you know, I, I, I tell you, I'm a blue-collar guy in a white-collar business. I, right. I love to get my hands dirty. You know, I love yeah. to get out in the yard. Um, and, and tinker with things, you know, un unfortunately, when I do tinker too much with things, it costs me way too much money because <laughs> then I have to hire somebody who does that for a living. Right. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, well, you know, wh where do we go from here? I, I think the important thing is, is to give you guys a call and have that conversation and just simply ask, hey, if, 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 if I were not able to work tomorrow, because tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone, right. if I'm not able to work tomorrow, I need to know what, what my, what it's going to look like going forward. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's really the bottom line. And then, then we just work together and we say, okay, we'll piece all the parts together. We'll understand what the consequ financial consequences are of you becoming sick or hurt. And then your, your customer makes a decision. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, right. and our, our job is to give them, you know, um, facts that they can work with. I really want to know what's going to happen. And number two, I want some good solutions to it. Okay. And, and that's how this, I mean, it's really, it's really not hard. Okay. And, uh, but, but we need to do a, a, a really good thorough job of understanding what, what all the, all the options are. Right. Awesome. Man. I mean, out of anybody in the world to make disability insurance. Awesome. Rick Cordero, everyone, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and this is, you know, isn't it crazy? Cause nobody else wants to do this. And so, you know, I, I learned long ago that you, you want to know something, you want to know it well, and then you want to know you know it. And then you just got to go out and find people who know that you know it. So you can that's tell right. them. And, th and that's been my 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 deal for, for years. And uh, as I get older, I, I kind of forget all that stuff I learned early on, which probably is a good thing. But, uh, you know, but no, Last I, got, I got a few years left in me. My Last wife won't question. let me stay home. Are the golf clubs in the trunk? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I just I bought a uh, I bought a new uh, pool cart. Brand new. From, this, from here on forward, I'm going to start walking these courses. For you. I need yeah. my exercise. Yeah. So I, you know, and it's got a room for beer, uh, you know, for everything, all the necessities of a uh, golf, golf, you know, journey. Sure. Too many people are on their carts, but they have a dusty uh, treadmill at home. Like, don't do that. Like, just oh, get the pull know, cart. We, Let's walk. We got, yeah, Let's we got it. one of those real fancy things, you know, the stepper things, you know. Uh huh. And, you know, I can, I can hang four suits on that. And, and, uh, and it, it really works well. I tell you right great now. Great piece. Yeah, okay. it's a great hanger. Rick, thank you for your time. You um, if you have any questions about the show, uh, Brian and I are always available. Obviously, you can look at principal.com and look up Rick Cordero. He's basically the spokesman of the principal. So thanks for your time, Rick. You uh, you've been listening it. to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Till next time, go be uncommon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. 
brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.